0: Sports addicted to sports A married man's guide to sports addiction Hey. Hey, how we doing people? Oh, today is May 3rd. God damn, May 3rd, 2016. And you are listening to the Married Man's Guide to Sports Addiction. I am Guy Sanchez, your host, your only host. The only person that talks on this thing, so there's that. It's been a it's been an interesting day. Uh, you, you ever have just something happen to you early on in the day, and you just know it's going to be an interesting day? Yeah, it's been one of those days. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I mean right off the bat today, you know, I'm I'm thinking about prepping for the episode, what I want to talk about, and um, you know, I'm at work and I go to the vending machine. With a five dollar bill. And typically when you put a five dollar bill. On the vending machine. It gives you back the dollar coins. Or quarters and change. I bought a single pack of peanuts. Out of the vending machine. It was like 90 cents. And uh, as the change starts rolling in. It just kept rolling. It just kept going. And the entire lunchroom at work. Is looking at me. And uh, you know the. The old classic jokes when the coins are clicking. Uh, oh, did you, did you hit the slot machine? Did you win the lottery? I didn't know what the hell was going on because it was really clicking for a long time. And I start to pull coins out. This machine gave me $4.10 in nickels. Not even the decency of a dime. It gave me everything <laughs> change in nickels. And, uh, yeah. That was the start to my day. I, it felt it was probably like a minute of clicking, but uh, it felt like ten minutes waiting for that damn thing to uh, finally finish giving me my change. That worked, yeah. So it was an awesome start to the day, but um, we made it through. Just for a pack of peanuts, just some some curveball in the universe just throws you off like that, huh? But as I was sitting there, you know, I had you know I have actual work to do. I'm on my break. And I'm trying to think about. What do I want to talk about today? What do I want to do? And uh, typically, when I come on, and do these things, I, you know, I have not a script, but I have talking points that I want to that I want to cover. And uh, same thing when I do the MLSFI podcast. Uh, there's talking points. There's an order of uh, of speaking when we're talking about a new subject. And um, today, I just I just said fuck it. You know, I I don't. I started to th- I, I started to ask myself, what do I want out of this podcast? I mean, am I am I ever going to try to be a real sports journalist? No. No, of course not. You know, it's that time has kind of come and gone for really pursuing a dream like that. I'm I'm well established in a career that I that I really like, and uh, you know, so why do I keep trying to think that I need to have a formula or have a uh, sets, to, you know, a set of uh, procedures for doing the show or for, you know, running my own site or writing articles or whatever it is that I'm doing in the sports, you know, media world on my own little niche, you know, section. Um, I'm not, I'm not auditioning for anything. I'm not trying out for anything. Um, and so I'm, I'm going off script today. I'm just, I, I didn't even write something up. And And here's the thing. If I can't find enough things to talk about from the top of my head, about sports. You know, I'm the guy that probably watches as many hours of sports per week as I actually do work. You know, I mean, shit, I, I watch a game or two every night. I watch games on the weekend. I mean, I'm I'm invested. So, do I really need to write this stuff down to, <clears throat> to stay on task or to... To have a conversation with you guys about sports? No, I just maybe I'll just try talking it out, see what happens today. And uh, you know, really, the only thing I want to talk about was was the Leicester game anyway, where um, the Leicester win, the title win from uh, the Premier League. And God, I mean, is there is there anything else even worth mentioning? I mean, maybe I mean, I mean, I, I will say, you know, so I've watched. The Penguins, you know, now they're successfully navigating the second round of the playoffs, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier. You know, I, I was watching the game last night, you know, between the Pens and the Caps, and we just we just looked better. We looked like we had our heads on straight finally. And uh, you know, the, the Capitals could still beat us, but right now we're up two one, and I, I don't I don't see how the Capitals playing the way they are are going to turn it around against what playing us playing the way we are. So. I mean, and that says it's kind of a non-story. Yeah, there's lots of big hits, you know. There's some animosity in that in that series, but uh, man, is anything bigger than the Lester story this week? It's just, it's just. I don't know if I've I'm I'm, I'm racking my brain, and uh, you know maybe Boston winning the World Series, maybe that's the only thing in my in my memory that could even compare to what Lester did. And even then. Like, after Boston had been had been bad for so long, uh, you know, they never got kicked out of the league, <laughs> you know? So eventually, we all kind of knew it was going to turn around, you know? Eventually, we were like, yeah, this is going to, you know, the odds say as long as they stay in the league because, you know, nobody's kicking them out. So unless they fold up shop and declare bankruptcy, at some point, Boston was going to win the title. Now, does that mean it wasn't just as impressive as, you know, as it was when I saw it live, no, it was very impressive. It was something that had never been done in generations prior to me. Um, But when you look at a team like Leicester, and, you know, so many Americans now are so much more aware of, you know, how the English football system works with the divisions and the promotion, relegation, and, uh, you know, when when I started watching, you know, English football, there was – there wasn't a mention of Leicester ever. I mean, maybe you caught him, you know, on Satanta Sports playing in some, you know, opening round FA Cup game or something, but they weren't on anybody's radar. It wasn't like we were like, oh, just wait until Leicester gets up there. You know, it, it would be like right now if I, you know, if I look at like a, a team like Plymouth, like plymouth Argyle. If I look at a team like Plymouth, you know, they are um, in the playoff spots, and league 2 a decent chance of you know winning some of those matches and and getting promoted to league 1 this year even if they got promoted to league 1 they are still in the third division i mean they still have to climb up be good enough to beat all those teams in league 1 get to the championship be good enough in the championship to get to the premier league i mean it's 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 so improbable to even think that's that's on the horizon in the next decade for a team like Plymouth. Now, I, don't, I only follow Plymouth because the very first team that I ever played on Football Manager, you know, from a lower division to the Premier League was Plymouth. And I don't... I think maybe I picked them because they had green, you know, similar to the Timbers colors. But, you know, once you kind of follow a team on Football Manager, you, you're kind of tied to the waist with them. So, that, that's what I did. You know, I, I've followed them now for the last couple of years. You know, I can't watch their games, but you, you check the box score. You see which of your players you still know. and You know, Ruben Reed's still there. Curtis Nelson's still there. Um, I would like to say, you know, I got Curtis Nelson to the point in his career where he was um, playing for the English national team. And um, that was a very, very fine moment for me. I got a little teary-eyed when uh, he was called up the first time in my game. I, I really thought that uh, he owed that to me. And, uh, (laughs) but still, I mean, coming back to reality, it wasn't so long ago that if you look at Lester's history, that Lester was, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they were just a Plymouth Argyle. They were just a team that was so far sunk in the lower divisions that you just never thought, you, you could just never fathom that something like what they just did could happen. And I think... If I look at the history of sports, even in this year, having seen, um, you know, the Warriors in NBA set an all-time record for most wins in a season, even if you look at baseball with, you know, what the uh, Red Sox finally overcame, um, you know, football, American football, not so much, Um, but there's just nothing like it. There's nothing. There's... There's not a goddamn thing in American in, in American sporting history that can rival what Lester accomplished, and to see them win the title, and just and just to absorb what that means for the future of global football in general. Now, I don't have the statistics here in front of me, or what, you know what. Uh, <clears throat> Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy's salary is compared to, you know, combined compared to just a single superstar footballer from one of the major clubs. I mean, it's like they're making less than single players, you know, on on a team full of elite players that make more than them. Um, You know, and I think that that model finally got that first chink in the armor, you know, where you look at it and like, There could be some real money ball going on in global football now. Will it work? I mean, obviously, we we don't know yet, but it can work. That's what we've we've proven now, is that you're always going to have those teams, those, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona and Man U and um, Chelsea. They're always going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars because there's no salary cap. There's, um, you know... No draft system for the worst team get the best young players. Um you're gonna have that system where these teams can just spend spend more than most countries are even worth for their football team. And to see a team like Leicester put their thumb in their face and just say Nah man, not this year. All that money all that you know scouting and transfer fees and you know, stadium investment and all your global marketing—it didn't help you beat Leicester this year. And as a personally, as an Everton fan, it gives me a renewed sense of hope coming into my near second decade of fandom with Everton. You know that I, I have to look at it honestly. For this first year, uh, the first decade, I've been a fan of of Everton. Um, I've been a realist. You know, I've I've never honestly consider that we would win the title. You know, I've never honestly thought this could be our year. No. I mean, the most we could hope for was on a good year we get in the Europa League. On a truly stupendous year, maybe we could have snuck into Champions League at some point. Um but win the title? To to take our payroll up against Man U? To take our payroll against Man City? No. I've never thought that before but now, as I'm coming into my you know late 30s, early 40s, I will at least know in my heart and my mind because I've seen it happen that the right combination of personnel, the right combination of um, you know coaching and chemistry can overcome the greatest of obstacles I mean it can really overcome. The big system in Europe, and it's it's phenomenal because you know that it had to be perfect. Lester had to have things fall so perfectly for this to happen, but the proof of concept worked. The money ball system that Lester employed worked I mean just think about what would happen like you know if 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 Lester played on Arsenal's grounds. You know, where it's just injuries over and over and over again. I mean, if Mars is out for two months of the year, does this happen? I don't think so. You know, how many wins could you probably attribute to Mars alone? Like, I've talked about this before. You know, baseball has the wins above replacement stat for a position player, but, you know, it's not something so similar in soccer where you could look at it and say, okay, Mars by himself with his statistical output counts for, you know, five wins above replacement. And that's probably true if you look at it. I mean, maybe any other player playing in Mara's position for Leicester this year, maybe they don't win five of those matches. I mean, I'm talking anybody, you know, the statistical average. If you take Mahrez out and put the statistical average player in his place on Leicester, they're not the champions. Same with Jamie Vardy. Maybe even the same for Christian Fuchs or, or, um, you know, uh, Casper Schmeichel in the back. I mean, it just had to happen so perfectly, but it happened. So for all of us fans out there of teams that aren't supposed to ever really win, you know, it can happen. And, you know, everything's probably the best case because now that league owners know that it can happen, and, I mean, how much of it do you attribute to Claudio uh, Ranieri's name, uh, the, the coach of Leicester? I mean, probably quite a bit. So a guy like, you know... Bobby Martinez at Everton, that's not going to cut it. You know, I mean, its you're probably going to see a lot more coaching vacancies now that there's a model to follow to at least compete at the higher levels. You know, maybe you can't get the best superstar, but maybe you can get the best, you know, three-pronged attack of, you know, mid-level players to compensate in a system that will overcome the superstar salary. I mean, maybe... There's just so many things out there now. And it's going to be an exciting new era of football to watch. And I'm just so jacked. I am so happy. I mean, everybody. I mean, only the really cuntiest people out there are not happy that Leicester won. I mean, probably Tottenham fans. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, I mean, it was just, it was a miracle. And I've never seen anything like it. I've just... Uh, I, I'm I'm so glad I got to see. I mean, I saw the second half live. I mean, I I hope they make you know a, a digital video package, you know, chronicling their year. You know, I hope there's a DVD available. I hope there's something available that even if you're not a fan of Leicester per se, you could still buy that and tune into it, and and just transfer that hope into your own team. And no matter what division your team is in. That's that's the that's the great thing. Doesn't matter where your team is in the world right now. If they're playing in England or even Germany or Spain or whatever, you know, if you're a second division, third division team, you can look at that and and not just be wasting your time. You can have real hope that the right system can bring you there, you know? Oh, it's it's just so it's so wonderful. I mean, and conversely, you can see that the the wrong system can take you out. I mean, I mean, I think when I came into the league, you know, Portsmouth was a uh, you know Premier League team. Then they went down to Division Two. I mean, League Two. I mean, that's <laughs> the complete opposite. I mean, you could you could free fall so hard with the wrong system and the wrong personnel and the wrong money management. I mean, you can fall so hard that it's it, it'll make your head spin. And the thing that it really brought home for me yesterday was my league, my domestic league, the MLS, is just going the fucking wrong direction. It's just going the wrong direction. You know? I mean, we're never, ever, ever going to see even half of what Lester did in the MLS. And this is coming from a fan of the Portland Timbers. We just won the title, and I can't even look at the Portland Timbers title on the same plane as what Lester did. You, you just can't. I mean, and, and, and the league wants to grow bigger. I mean, we want to go to 30 teams or some absurd number like that. The MLS wants to put a team in. I think they are putting a team in Detroit. In Detroit. Everybody and their fucking mother trying to find a way out of detroit the m l s wants to invest in Detroit, and now we got one coming into Miami. oh and the you know the first time l a had two teams spectacularly didn't work. I mean not even the l a galaxy sell out their own stadium, so what does the m l s do Let's throw another second l a team in there, and uh, we'll try it again because the Here's the thing, the model hasn't changed. (laughs) You you don't try the same thing a second time unless you've changed your your operating procedure. The MLS is the same league with the same rules as it was when Chivas USA was in LA. We have changed nothing about our league structure or policy since the Chivas left, and now we're going to throw in a second LA team and saturate that market even further. I am beside myself with how stupid our league is sometimes. And it it's just tearing me up. And you see these these debates from these fuckers on Twitter. Oh, the pro-rel people, the pro, you know, the promotion relegation. It never happened in America. It's un-American. What the fuck is more American than coming from nothing and achieving everything? What is more American than realizing there's There's a consequence and a benefit to doing or not doing the correct thing. In fact, the un-American thing is the way we have our league set up right now. Suck as long as you want. We're never going to kick you out. (laughs) Just be horrible forever. No consequence. Oh, you're not selling tickets? Don't worry about it. The league owns everything. You'll get a cut of the successful team's, uh, uh, you know, income. That's the un-American way to do things and here's the thing when when we get into the MLS I mean they really sell you on it's our brand of soccer it's it's our style you know our league is different than their leagues um, but that's not better just because you're trying to be some goddamn soccer hipsters doesn't mean that the original idea wasn't the best idea in the first place there's a reason that people wake up on the west coast at four o'clock in the morning to watch a game from a country we've never even been to because the, the product, the storyline, the integrity, the whole experience is better than what we can do with our own league. And yeah, I get it. I write MLS articles. I know more about the MLS than 99% of the people out there. And I can say that confidently because I'm studying it all fucking week. All week i'm looking at numbers and matchups and stats and and then I write articles about it, and then I generate you know different things for you know matchups and the, the whole thing. I watch a shit ton of m l s like i mean people say they're a fan of the league, but you know what you know how to not be a fan of the league why don't you try watching every game every weekend and see how much you're gonna love the league that I'll tell you what <clears throat> with the n b c package we get now. You can watch almost every game every every weekend. You know the only the only thing is if you run out of tablets and TVs, you know you're not going to get every game because you just don't have that many devices. I've had three devices running at one time watching multiple games from the EPL. That's how I roll. I mean, I'll <laughs> I'll have my work tablet on, my personal tablet on, my phone on, and then the, whatever game was made on TV. I'll have them all going concurrently trying to watch games. I don't have the desire to do that for, for the MLS, but I do it anyway because I'm some kind of a writer. People you know, look to me for advice on MLS. And to tell you the truth, it's just not the same. I mean, it's not even close. We're not even trying to be successful like the EPL is being successful. We don't even care about making a quality product and selling out stadiums we already have. And we're already thinking about making five or six new stadiums with teams that aren't going to sell out. And I just don't get it. I just don't get it. It just hurts my soul. It hurts my soul. I mean, I'm, I'm already looking forward to seeing... You know, I mean, the storylines for Leicester are already more important for the next season than any current storyline in the MLS. Think about that. The the league is still going on for this season. There's still two more dates. But the storylines for next season are already more important than any storyline currently going on in our domestic league here. Will they keep Ryan Mars? Will Jamie Vardy be bought out? Is Casper Schmeichel going to be poached by you know one of the bigger clubs now that he's proven himself to be one of the greatest keepers in the league? Does Christian Fuchs get you know does he get to stay at, at Leicester or is he going to get sniped? You know how many years does Claudio Ranieri have? How much are Leicester going to invest of this giant pot of money that's coming their way for the TV deal next year? And if they do invest that money, does the does the new players does their new spending capabilities bring in players that aren't going to mesh with what they already have? You know, how are they going to balance Champions League? Leicester going to be in Champions League. How are they going to balance that with the league schedule they already are going to have to have? I mean, there's those storylines are already so much better than anything in the MLS right now. I mean, in the MLS, we're still trying to figure out where the hell to put New York Stadium. Yeah, maybe we'll just leave him at Yankee Stadium because, you know, it it's it's famous. We like saying Yankee Stadium on ESPN. It, it, for what? For what? Why? Why is that our biggest storyline right now? I, in fact, probably our biggest storyline is is the international team, is our our men's national squad. You know, that's probably our biggest storyline. We can't figure that out. And I'm not a Jurgen Klinsman fan. I mean, I'm just not. But what he says about the MLS is 100% true. You're just not... You're not designed to get better through fierce competition in the MLS. You know, even you know Sticky Schmidt saying, yeah, every game's a coin toss. Because the parity is so rigidly enforced. It's so rigidly enforced that, honestly, the Timbers could win the title last year... And finish dead last this year, and nobody would be surprised. And nobody's surprised. You know, we we let the worst teams in the league draft the best players, like the other American leagues do. Uh, there's no penalty for being bad. <laughs> you know, you just get it. You just keep on, keep it on. And you can have your DPs and your you know designated players. I mean, think about that. Think about how absurd the DP rule is when you boil it down. You can have three international superstar players not count against your, you know, a certain percentage of your, you know, base salary uh, for the salary cap issues, but only three. <laughs> so, what you're saying is, unless you have some American gem who doesn't know how valuable he is yet, you can only have three real superstars on your team, or you can buy some old guys that used to be famous. And uh, hopefully, you know, they'll work out for you on a on a domestic contract. We're telling teams, even if you have the budget, you've sold the tickets, you've sold the jerseys, even if you have a super rich owner who wants to invest as much as possible to be a just a powerhouse dynasty in this league, no, you can only have three really great players. Only three. And it, it, it shows. It shows when the best players are on the pitch. I mean, Javinko, Diego Valeri, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips and stretches. You know, it's like it shows when the players that are DPs are that much better than everybody else on the field. But when you watch these other leagues, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal to see a team full of, you know, <clears throat> the American idea of a designated player times 10. And there's just, there's players better than our DPs sitting on benches in Europe. And yet Leicester beat them. Leicester beat them all. And it makes for the most compelling television, the most compelling story in the history of sports. And I have a confession to me. I mean, I've... I probably, this year, have cut down, I don't know, 40% on my MLS games. I still bought the package. You know, I've watched every Timbers game. I've caught a lot of Dallas games. I, I still watch Toronto uh, just to watch Juvenko play. Um, you know, if Kaka's playing, I'll, I'll tune into an Orlando game every time. Um, but if we're talking Colorado versus SKC, and there's a Liga MX game on at the same hour, I'm watching Liga MX. Even if it's Dorados versus Atlas, I'm watching Liga MX. But it it always isn't like... I mean, this last weekend we had America versus Monterey. One versus two. And they have relegation and, and, and promotion over there in Mexico. And it's a better quality product. You know, it's just... I don't know. I mean, I... I'm getting to that age. I'm getting to that age now where I just... I'm a cranky bitch sometimes, and I I, I I, call myself that. But I have to ask myself honestly, am I going to spend the next 10 years of my life obsessively watching a league that isn't the best use of my time? Is the MLS going to change so drastically in the next decade... For the better, to make it a worthwhile investment, and I I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I honestly don't. I mean, I guess it depends on how long the commissioner's in place. It depends on you know how bloated we make this league. It depends on if you know any TV's really going to pay that much money, um, to really go full force, you know, with this league. You know, I I think, you know, Fox, they've dropped the ball horribly on the Bundesliga. I think probably the only league on par with the EPL um, is Bundesliga. And who the hell has Fox Sports 2? Newsflash, Fox, nobody has Fox Sports 2. I think you all fuckers made that shit up. Because I don't, it's not listed anywhere. I have every sports channel in a major metropolitan areas market. And Fox Sports 2 was a myth. It's a goddamn myth. You guys had the rights to the second greatest league in the world, and you put it on Fox Sports 2 all the time, and we don't get to watch it. And yet, you know, the Premier League comes in and says, yeah, here's our channel, but by the way, here's every other game for free as long as you bought the original channel. And then they dropped the mic, and they said, this is the best thing you're ever going to see. Good luck competing with this. I mean, I think Fox still charges for their app. Fox still has a fee for their app. Which further leads me to believe there is no Fox Sports 2. Fox Sports 2 just means pay the money to the app company and uh, we'll let you watch the games. Well, I'm not doing that, Fox. I'm not I'm not paying money for an app when I already bought all these goddamn channels. <sighs> Cranky bitch. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I got some soul searching to do this year. I mean, I really do. I mean, and that's... Uh, I love... I love fantasy MLS in the same way I love playing Dark Souls. Like, it's not an enjoyable game, per se, but there is a, a certain feeling of accomplishment when you roll the dice a certain way and, and your team scores well. And I think that's, that's a major problem, is I think fantasy MLS, as sparse as it is, and it's not very widely played, um, like, what, 30,000 people in the entire world, play fantasy MLS um, the fantasy MLS is is more enjoyable than watching the MLS and it's completely the inverse when you watch Premier League you know I mean yeah did my did my fantasy team suffer yesterday when you know Tottenham conceded two goals and Harry Kane got a yellow card yeah it sucked ass I wasn't happy for my fantasy team but the league came first that storyline. Way more important than anything else' going on on my on my fantasy team um and it's just different here it's just different and I don't know what the solution is i i I really don't i i just I don't know how to make what we have better because you got you have the fans here you have people who want to embrace something just as cool as what you have over in England and Basically, between the commissioner's office and how many owners are there in the league? I mean, what, 20, 20, owners? So like 21 people are telling us that their idea is better because it makes them money and we can all go to hell because they don't ever want to be kicked out of the league for sucking ass. That's what they're telling us. Really, that 19th and 20th owner who might get kicked out, this whole thing is predicated on them keeping their money and their piece of the pie and (laughs) the rest of the country has to suffer because we don't want those two guys to lose profit. Okay. Let's just be honest about it then. Let's just be honest about it because if you made our league promotion relegation and there's enough teams in the country to do it. I mean, there's teams all over this goddamn, you know, country. There's Pittsburgh and Jacksonville and, you know, there's like several teams in Texas and there's teams all over the place. You know, you open up our our, our leagues to promotion relegation and the TV money deals the same structure as what England has. Yeah, is LA going to get relegated? Of course not. Timbers, Seattle, SKC, New York? No, probably not. But what happens when, you know, a team like uh, Colorado gets relegated? oh, okay, well, that, that guess that's not good for Colorado. Or even worse, you know, what happens when David Villa takes an injury and all you have on, you know, New York is Poku and Pirlo, and they get relegated. Oh, we can't have that risk. We can't risk relegating New York FC. We can't have that be a thing. It's a sham. It's It's a sham that really, at its core... Is protecting the last two owners in the league from not getting their piece of the pie. And nobody wants to take that gamble. I mean, but do you understand how many more people would watch our sport, our league, if we had the drama, if we had even half of what those other leagues have? How many other leagues in the world have promotion relegation? It's just, it's absurd that we went the way... We tried so hard to be so different that we just defaulted into being, you know, an NFL wannabe. You know, worst drafts first, and uh, stay as long as you like. (laughs) We'll split the money up at the end of the day. That's what they said. And we just sit here and smile about it, and we're supposed to go along. But you know what? We have options now. That might have worked back in the 90s, maybe the early 2000s, but with technology nowadays... I mean, honestly, if I had to choose one or the other right now, I said, hey, if my wife, God bless her, if she came to me and said, that's it, you're not watching three soccer leagues every weekend anymore. You can pick one, but the other two, if I see them on, you're fucking done. If she came at me strong and gave me that ultimatum, I'm taking the Premier League every time. And I live in in an MLS city. With a team that I desperately love. But there's no there's no question. There's no question if I had to choose one league to spend my time and money in, that I would tether myself to the MLS right now. Not after seeing what Lester did. There's just no way. No way. And there's not a single person out there that could answer that question and say, Oh yeah, MLS is way superior. Yeah, because that, that was that was the criticism of the Premier League. Well, of course, the big money teams win every year. They win every year. And it's true. For a long time, they did. Other teams got close. And, you know, most often, you know, the end of the year is the real exciting part because you want to see who gets kicked out. That's that's more fun than seeing who wins most years. But not this year. Not this year, man. This year we saw a miracle. And in fact, I mean, if you honestly look at it, my time on Earth could be half over, could be four tenths over, I don't know. I may never see something like that again. That might have been a once in a lifetime deal. But I did see it, and now I will always, always hope for it again. That's that's the, that's the simple truth. I don't know. We got some soul searching to do, people. All right, so I went off script. Didn't have nothing written down. Hopefully that wasn't too boring for you. That was a lot of Lester talk. Um, Yeah, maybe. God damn I keep saying this. I'm going to have to do another like a midweek episode at some point and get caught up on all this hockey and baseball going on. I just spent 37 minutes talking about Lester and uh, getting a shit ton of nickels out of the vending machine today. Damn, my pockets were fat walking back to my office. i tell you that. All right, guys. That's my time for today. Be good to each other. Peace.